American Catholic History is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Hello, and welcome to American Catholic History. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate us and give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Noelle Heaster Crow. And I'm Tom Crow. Today we're talking about Catholics and spirit. Ooh, sounds spooky, but it's actually delicious. The spirit we're talking about is not a supernatural entity, but that lovely American creation from the heart of horse racing and bluegrass, bourbon whiskey. And we're not just talking about bourbon, but about the Catholics who carved a community out of the Kentucky wilderness, who were early adopters of this new, distinctly American style of whiskey, who established what became the base of Catholicism west of the Appalachian Mountains, and who saved bourbon from prohibition 130 years later. There is so much in this episode, so many, wow, that's really neat sorts of things. So are you ready to start? Hang on a second. Mm. Yes. <laughs> okay. So where should we begin? Well, we begin in 17th century Maryland. As a reminder, the colony of Maryland was founded in the 1630s explicitly to be a Catholic haven in the New World. It didn't take long, however, for anti-Catholic elements to make life difficult for Catholics and then eventually to completely outlaw Catholicism. Right. We talked about all of this early history of Maryland in episode nine of this podcast, the story of Margaret Brent, who was a truly remarkable woman. She was indeed, but she didn't make bourbon. No, but she did make it possible for these other folks to live in relative freedom for a time. Right, for a time. But from the late 1600s until the American Revolution, Catholics in Maryland largely lived as second-class citizens. The mass was outlawed and Catholics couldn't hold political office. And it was during this time when the ancestors of our heroes settled in Maryland. Yes, there are lots of individuals involved in this, but the ones we'll focus on at the outset is the very Catholic Hayden family. The Haydens came from England to Jamestown, Virginia in the 1660s. In 1678, Francis Hayden moved from Jamestown to St. Mary, the colonial capital of Maryland. And there the Haydens remained for more than 100 years. Right, until Francis Hayden's great-grandson came along, the inspired Hayden, he for whom a lovely spirit is named, Basil. Basil Hayden. Yes, Basil Hayden Sr. And this is the first, oh well that's neat, moment for me. I've enjoyed Basil Hayden bourbon many times over the years and never had any idea there was an actual person behind the name, much less a hale and hearty Catholic leader. But there he is, a bourbon legend. Yes, further proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy. So how did the legend of Basil Hayden begin? Well, in 1785, Basil Hayden Sr. led 25 Catholic families on a dangerous trek from St. Mary, Maryland to Nelson County, Virginia. No, wait, Nelson County, Virginia? But I thought we were talking about Kentucky. Well, yes. Remember that Kentucky was part of Virginia after the Revolution, becoming a separate state, well, a commonwealth, in 1792. So at the outset, these families were moving to an extremely western portion of the commonwealth of Virginia. So Basil Hayden Sr. was the leader of a total of 60 families in St. Mary that had formed a compact, which they called a league, to move to Nelson County. They would live in close proximity, support and protect one another, and establish such a concentrated and populous Catholic community 
that the church hierarchy couldn't refuse their request for a parish with a permanent priest to be established. They weren't the first Catholics to settle in present-day Kentucky. A few families had moved to the Lexington area in 1775, but this was the first mass movement with the intention of establishing a significant Catholic presence. Right. So this first group of 25 families went out under the leadership of Basil Hayden Sr. They arrived settling near Pottinger's Creek just outside of the growing city of Bardstown, and that's when the magic happened. You make it seem like everything was easy for them and magically bourbon and Catholicism happened. Well, I'm sure they had struggles, but who wants to dwell on those? We've got establishment of the church west of the Appalachians and some of the great bourbon distilleries to talk about. So kind of, yes, magically. Okay, so let's talk about that. What happened at Pottinger's Creek? Well, as for the establishment of the church, the plan actually worked out pretty well. In 1787, a small church was built on the land of Basil Hayden Sr. That marked the first purpose-built Catholic church west of the Appalachians. To this day, there is a small church on this site, which was built in 1823. That same year, Father Whalen, some sources say Charles Whalen, others say Maurice Whalen, came out with a group from Maryland, and he stayed for 18 months before returning east. Then in 1791, another priest, Father William de Rohan, came up from North Carolina, But he wasn't authorized to be there by Bishop John Carroll of Baltimore, so he had to stop serving as their priest. Then, in 1793, success came. Father Stephen Bodden, the first priest ordained in the United States, was sent by Bishop Carroll to Kentucky. Which had been admitted to the Union as the 15th state in 1792. Right, and Bodden helped to stabilize Catholic worship in Kentucky. For the first four years of his time there, he was the lone priest ministering to 300 Catholic families spread out from Bardstown to Lexington. He bought a farm near Bardstown to serve as his home base. His farm, which he called St. Stephen's, eventually became the mother house for the Sisters of Loretto. In fact, over his many years in Kentucky, Bodden would purchase land with his own money or with money he borrowed to build many of the earliest churches and other Catholic institutions in Kentucky. Beginning in 1797, a few other priests came and helped Father Baden, and in 1805, Dominicans came and established the first Dominican priory and seminary in the United States, and they built a church dedicated to St. Rose. Over the years, more religious establishments came, including the Trappists, who established Gethsemane Abbey. This tri-county area of Nelson, Marion, and Washington counties had such a Catholic population and had so many great Catholic firsts that it became known as the Kentucky Holy Land. But we're getting way ahead of ourselves. We'll talk about a lot of this in a future episode. Let's get back to Basil Hayden and the other families and the bourbon. Right. Hmm. Well, one last very cool Catholic first that I'll bring up here, and it is directly related to Basil Hayden. So in 1808, Pope Pius VII made Baltimore an archdiocese and created the dioceses of Boston, New York, Philadelphia, and Bardstown. I've always thought there was something incongruous about Bardstown being listed along with Boston, New York, and Philly. I know, but that's how significant a Catholic center Bardstown was at that point. And again, we'll get to this more in depth in a future episode. But the neat point here is that when the first bishop of Bardstown, the Sulpician priest, Benedict Joseph Flaget, was laying the groundwork to build St. Joseph Cathedral, the land for it was donated by Basil Hayden Sr., So the first Catholic cathedral west of the Appalachians was built on land donated by a whiskey baron 
and is situated right in the heart of bourbon country. Not only that, but if you look at the Cathedral of St. Joseph in Bardstown on a map online, you'll see that right next to it is the Oscar Getz Museum of Whiskey History and the grounds of the Kentucky Bourbon Festival. And the building that the museum occupies is historic Spalding Hall, which was built to be St. Joseph College, the first Catholic college in Kentucky, also used as a hospital during the Civil War and eventually run as an orphanage and school by the Sisters of Charity and the Zaverian Brothers. It is named for the longtime Bishop of Louisville, Martin Spalding. But again, more on all of that later. Okay, so we finally said all we should say at this point about all of the things Basil Hayden and family did for the church in Kentucky. Now, what about the bourbon? Right. So Basil Hayden and other Catholic families who came with him did all the things pioneers do to survive and thrive, and among those was make whiskey. The sort of whiskey made in that part of the country has come to be known as bourbon, named after Bourbon County, Kentucky. And what distinguishes bourbon from other kinds of whiskey like Scotch, Irish, and Canadian? Well, by law, for something to be called bourbon, the grains used in the mash must be 51% corn. Other whiskeys use primarily malted barley or wheat or rye, and bourbon can and does contain some or all of these, but it must be 51% corn. There are other differences in the process, and all of these differences, the exact amounts of each grain, the smoking and drying of the grains, how the product is filtered, and even things as basic as the mineral profile of the water used give each whiskey its own distinctive flavor, but again... Regardless of all those differences from one distillery to the next, to be called bourbon, it must be at least 51% corn and, according to a law from 1964, be made in the United States. Not necessarily Kentucky, but the United States. So Basil Hayden and other new Catholic immigrants got into the making of bourbon, and some of them got really, really good at it. So much so that some of the biggest names in bourbon nowadays come from this Catholic influx. Medley, Wathen, J.W. Daunt, Willett. Calvert, and the biggest name in bourbon, Jim Beam. But Jim Beam wasn't himself one of the original Catholic families. No, the Jim Beam on the bottle is actually James Beauregard Beam, who ran the family distillery before and after Prohibition, and he was the great-grandson of the man who started the family whiskey business. That man was Johannes Beam, a Catholic from Germany whose family came over to the new United States, changed their name from Beam to Beam, and settled in this Catholic region of Kentucky in the late 1700s. Johannes started selling whiskey in 1795. After he died, his descendants kept at it and called it Old Tub. In the early 20th century, James B. Bean took over for his father, David Bean. He was shut down making Old Tub in 1920 when Prohibition was passed, and he went into other entrepreneurial ventures, including selling stone. But he didn't like that and was only too eager to rebuild the family business near his home in Bardstown in 1933 after Prohibition was repealed. After his death, the whiskey was officially renamed Jim Beam in his honor. So James B. Beam was among the Catholics who helped save bourbon through Prohibition. More on that in a minute. But today, the master distillers at Jim Beam are Frederick Noe and his son, also named Frederick, who are the seventh and eighth generations of the Beam family to run the family business. But while the Beam family may have become the biggest, the Haydens didn't just disappear. No, Basil Hayden made and sold bourbon whiskey until his death, and when he died, his son Louis carried on the tradition. But neither of them decided to go really big. It was Louis's son, Raymond Hayden, who took the plunge and made it big in bourbon whiskey. 
And he named it in honor of his grandfather. Right, but not by naming it Basil Hayden, but rather by calling it Old Granddad. And under the label of Old Granddad, with a depiction of his grandfather gracing the label, Raymond Hayden's bourbon became one of the most popular bourbons on the market. But he didn't live long enough to enjoy this success. No, unfortunately, Raymond died only three years after launching his distillery, and he had no heirs. Eventually, his distillery made it into the hands of the Wathen family, who by that point had made their own success in the bourbon business. Nowadays, the Old Granddad label is produced by the Jim Beam Company, but it still has a depiction of Basil Hayden Sr. right in the center. And Old Granddad isn't the only whiskey Jim Beam produces as a tribute to the patriarch of Catholic bourbon. In 1992, Jim Beam began producing a series of small-batch specialty bourbons, one of which they called Basil Hayden's. They claimed that this bourbon recipe uses a grain profile very similar to Basil Hayden's original 1792 recipe, having a much higher rye content. This gives it a good smoothness and makes it a very sippable whiskey. And from personal experience, I agree. This isn't one I mix into an old-fashioned or a mint julep. This is one that just gets a few drops of water or maybe just a small ice cube and a snifter so I can enjoy the nose. It's lovely. So you said that James Bean was among the Catholics who saved bourbon during Prohibition. Who else got involved? Well, the Wathen family, one of the oldest Catholic bourbon-making families in Kentucky, was still in the whisky-making business when Prohibition went into effect in 1920. At that time, there were millions of gallons of whiskey still aging in barrels and warehouses all over the place. Those warehouses were not large and were very vulnerable to break-in. The government discussed buying all the whiskey or ordering it all destroyed. But doctors had a better idea. Thank God for doctors. Doctors still considered whiskey to be a helpful medicinal tonic, and they prescribed doses of it for various ailments. So the government ordered that all remaining whiskey barrels be moved to large, secure warehouses in major cities where it could be protected. Then stepped in three sons of J.B. Wathen. These inspired men formed the American Medicinal Spirits Company and took control of America's critical bourbon medicine supply. So needless to say, when Prohibition ended, they were well stocked. And how. The American Medicinal Spirits Company was acquired by Porter's National Distillers, and Richard Wathen, one of the three sons, went to work as a senior executive in that company. So there you have it. The Catholic pioneers who made Catholicism happen west of the Appalachians, who helped make bourbon, that most distinctly American beverage, huge, and then were instrumental in saving it when government shutdowns nearly killed it. So the next time you're looking for something to enjoy responsibly, perhaps in a mint julep, old-fashioned, Kentucky Mule, or other cocktail, or just by itself with a few drops of water, reach for a Catholic spirit, like Basil Hayden, that hails from the Kentucky Holy Land. And if you're thinking about a pilgrimage, there aren't many places in the United States with as much Catholic history as this unexpected corner of Kentucky. Hmm, pilgrimages, that's not a bad idea. Maybe we should lead some to holy places like this. Hmm, that's a possibility. You've been listening to American Catholic History on the StarQuest Production Network. If you've been enjoying our podcast, please be sure to give us a rating and a review. To learn more about today's topic, to find previous episodes, and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com history. You can email us at history at sqpn.com or find us on social media at facebook.com slash American Catholic History or follow StarQuest on Twitter at SQPN. 
I'm Noelle Heaster-Crow. And I'm Tom Crow. Thank you once again for joining us on American Catholic History on StarQuest. I have going through my head, people call me Maurice. Some people call me Maurice. I'm sorry. <laughs> Stop thinking of the pontifice of love. Too much bourbon. Yeah, no. Then you have another drink.